Hello, good day. So, this is episode two of my podcast, and we're going to go into a little bit more like historical detail about um, growing up and kind of what brought me to getting my total hip replacement. Um, a little bit of, I guess, my perspective of my parents' perspective. Um, yeah, so that's what today's episode is. So, I hope you enjoy it. Hey guys, so I thought I might record this one outside while I'm playing with my kids. So if you hear them talking, uh, that's who those little voices are. Um, and we'll, we'll see how well this goes. So um, the next part for episode two is talking about my history. Kind of what kind of led up in my situation to my replacement. So, um, I am the second child of, well, two, (laughs) the youngest, and I was born in November to, um, my parents were very young, um, young parents. Uh, yeah, everything was, I was like three weeks early, but other than that, it all, everything went smoothly. I went home normally. Um, nothing appeared to be out of character for me. Um, and if you've had kids, you know that they do a lot of kind of testing. Um, and I've learned from having my own kids because of our family history of hips being dislocated, they normally will check their hips now, but it's something you kind of need to ask for. And doctors and nurses will ask kind of why you want that done. So as soon as I tell them my extensive family history, um, they're immediately checking my kits. So I don't, I don't believe that happened with me. Um, and again, that just shows how much medicine is always a learning, right? So, yes, babe. Sorry, I'm on carrot duty. All right. So, um, my parents didn't know there was anything wrong. The doctor just didn't notice anything was wrong or different. But it was actually a public health nurse months later that noticed that I just seemed different. My hips seemed off and she checked them and she was pretty sure that they were dislocated. So, um, then that got me sent to my family doctor who referred me to, at the time, the best specialist for, um, pediatrics that there was in our province. So, went and saw her, um, and actually it's funny, my daughter actually sees her now too. So, but, not for the same reason, but we'll talk about her later. Anyways, saw her, and they took some x-rays, and sure enough, both my hips were dislocated. So, that was just something from I was born, and from what I've been told, oh, I can't get these carrots open. Uh, one in every six baby girls are born with hips dislocated nothing really you can prevent you can do differently it's just how things work um so and actually a girl I went to school with I grew up with 
she had one dislocated. So they were able to catch it really quickly. And the difference is when you're able to catch it really quickly at the beginning, it's pretty simple to correct. You actually just double diaper your baby. And please don't take this as medical advice. Again, <laughs> this is just what I've been told. See a medical professional. Do not just... If your baby has this, do not just start double diapering them and think it's all going to be fine. I am not a medical professional. Talk to your doctor. But that's what I've been told. It's simple enough that you just double diaper your baby and they... And it's enough to push them back in. They actually are fine in like African cultures because moms wear their babies so much that they don't really see hip dysplasia like mine or at all because if there is because they're worn in that way with their legs around mom um it puts them back in and settles them back in so yeah fun fact again i'm not saying this is like truth or fact i'm just telling you what i've been told over the years so i went in and this specialist said yep both of our hips are dislocated. We have to do surgery to put them back in. And again, my family's young. My brother and I are like 20, 21 months apart. So they had a young baby, a young toddler at home. And my parents were scared. They were scared to hear that their baby was going to need some pretty significant surgery and having some pretty significant recovery. So my dad asked the question. He's like, what if we didn't do anything? Now, keeping in mind, my dad's hips were also dislocated. And he spent years. Years in surgery. Years with doctors. Years being poked and prodded and adjusted and cut open. And the doctors told him as an adult, they did all of this on you so that they could fix your daughter. Which is really sad and really scary but again medicine is always learning and getting better and unfortunately some kids have to go through a lot for other kids to not have to go through so much so um what my parents were told is if they had refused uh the doctors were actually going to call child protection and the surgery was going to happen no matter what so <laughs> Again, pretty scary for a young family. Um, so, we had surgery. And mom stayed with me the entire time. Again, dad's having to take care of, like, his son. And going back and forth. And, I like, I grew up on a farm as well. So, you have a farm that you need to take care of as well. So, dad stayed in the in the city but again it's like six hours away and <sighs> hospitals so I was given a full body cast I was casted breastbone to my feet I actually learned how to walk with my casts on so I actually wore off the bottom of my casts I was placed in traction to keep my legs um properly set so that my everything could heal in the 
properly because all those muscles had been muscles and ligaments had all been stretched out. So we needed to make sure that they were sitting properly and healing properly. Um, I actually learned from my surgery. I had a lot of the, uh, the ligaments like inside my groin actually removed because they'd all been stretched out because of my, um, because my legs were out for so long. Nothing stopped me, even that. Um, and then I continued to see doctors every year for years. The other part to that is, so both my hips were dislocated when I was born and they thought it was pretty simple. And also my pelvis wasn't, didn't come over my, um, my femur as much as, or my femoral head as much as it should have. So that probably contributed to some of this of it coming out. So I have had a lot of experience with residents and they went in and they put my hip back, my hips back in. One of them actually popped out on the table while I was there and they just stuck that one back in and went about their day. Um, oh honey. So yeah, my hip popped out on the table. So they oh, just stuck it back in and called her good. Um, and my parents actually asked the resident when everything was done, was like, are they in? Is it good? And the resident was like, yep, yep, everything's fine. It's good. Everything's perfect. Won't have to see you again. And my mom will tell the story and she is 100% sure that my surgeon took that resident aside and went up one side of him and down the other because you never ever tell parents that they are 100% certain about it. Because sure enough, a week later, my hip had popped out and we were back in surgery under the knife. So this is all before I was two. Like I said, I learned how to walk in body casts before I was one. Your hands are all cold. Where are your mittens? You. Well, go put your mittens on, you silly goose. Um, so yeah, went under the knife again. And that time, they actually put a wedge in to help, to help make sure that my hip stayed in the socket. And that turned out to be my left side. Left side's always been the stronger side. Um, and my right side's always been weaker. So, we so um, every year I'd go back for checkups, and every year I would have a resident that would poke and prod and move my hip around, and I hated it. I hated residents. I still don't like residents to this day, and I feel bad saying that because I understand they're trying to learn and understand. Um, I guess my experience has just always been that they, they never listened to me. I would say like, don't do that. Or, that hurts. And they would just do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. And it always just made the experience really stressful when it was already stressful. It just added and made it worse always. So we just took to demanding that not demanding but just asking that there was no yeah so again not saying anything bad to residents like I said I understand they need to learn but um if you were a resident in 
pediatric orthopedics. Um, Listen to your your kids. We know our own bodies. And if we tell you something hurts, you need to listen to us. (laughs) We're not a cadaver. So yeah, years and years and years of that until I was, I probably saw my my pediatric orthopedic surgeon until I was, I don't know, in my 20s. And then I went through a period of time where I didn't see anybody. And then my hips started to deteriorate more. I had more pain, had more, less flexibility, more stiffness. And yeah, it was a pretty easy call to my doctor dues and then I refer all over to my my orthopedic surgeon that I see now. So yeah, um, growing up, I had a lot of I had a lot of well-meaning people try to tell me what I could or could not do. And a lot of people that were worried about letting me participate in things because, oh, well, what if you hurt your hip? Oh, can you do that? Oh, I may- maybe you shouldn't do that. I also grew up a lot with, um, like, people staring at me, right? Staring at my scars, staring at um, how I walked. <sighs> um, yeah, and just feeling, like, not included and judged, and it was, it was hard still hard (laughs) um but it's hard growing up when you just want to be a kid and you want to take part and do the same activities as everybody else and when your body physically can't it's really hard it feels really limiting and yeah yeah just makes a person (laughs) want to cry sometimes but but yeah, but I played sports and I was in track and volleyball and I house and went to You peed in your diaper? Oh, well we better go change you. It was, it was hard, but like I said, I was able to do everything, everything I wanted to. It was just a lot of learning, learning to advocate for yourself and being like, hey, no, I can do this. I just have to do it in a different way. And it's a skill that I've had to use a lot, <laughs> a lot in my life and I've had to use it in my work. So, I don't know. Something to be grateful for, I suppose. So, yeah. That's kind of been my life growing up. So, and then as for kids. So, I kind of mentioned this a little bit. So, because of our history, um, both of my daughters, again, I had to ask for it, were hips were checked in a hospital. <laughs> as soon as they were born. And I asked. Um, so... Every doctor that saw her checked their checked my daughter's hips. They both had ultrasounds on their hips. I think my oldest had it at like two weeks, and my youngest I think was 
four weeks. You okay there, Bubba? Oh, that's it. You okay? That's it. That's all the marshmallows. Um, so they're both checked and then rechecked and <laughs> checked at public health as well. Um, just because we wanted to catch it and make sure we catch it early. And we've been very lucky. We've been very, very lucky. And both my girls are good. Um, because they get up on both sides. My father-in-law's got bad hips. My dad, me. So just something that we definitely have to keep an eye out for. Um, yeah. So that's kind of my history. Um, my girl's history. Uh, my daughter actually sees my same pediatric orthopedic surgeon because she has, she walks pigeon toe. So, and yes, when I called or I made that referral and called to speak with her, I was like, this is my history. This is what's she's been checked, but I just want to make sure about this. And I actually got in quickly and I like to think it's because of my history is the reason why. So, yeah, so that's a, bit, a little bit of my history. Um, and I would love to, I can't wait to speak to you guys again. And we can go into a little bit more about my post op and being back at work. And we'll go from there. I look forward to chatting with you guys again soon.